I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Mark Jaffe, J.D., uh, CEO of Children's Learning Centers of Fairfield County. His new book is Play to Learn, Seasons, a new book to help parents learn how to play with their kids. 90% of the human brain develops by age five, making those first five years absolutely critical to give children a proper foundation for future learning and socialization. Early learning has enormous dividends as children grow into adults. To help parents of all socioeconomic backgrounds give their children a head start, Mark Jaffe and the Children's Learning Centers of Fairfield County, uh, short for CLC, have produced the first in a series of activity books for families of preschoolers which help to boost the learning and socialization potential of every child through what they enjoy most, play. He served for more than 25 years as a senior publishing, licensing, and technology executive, was president of several divisions of Simon & Schuster, as well as Rodale, where he published the international bestseller, The South Beach Diet. Welcome to the show, Mark. Oh, thank you for having me, Catherine. Okay, so the first question, I said, as I introduced you, J.D., attorney, how did a lawyer, how did an attorney, given your background, your experience, get involved with teaching pre, or re, even writing a book, but also uh, uh, getting involved with preschoolers um, and uh, their early uh, childhood education? Well, it, it, it wasn't easily scripted and um, wasn't necessarily the plan. And in fact, uh, my brief career as a lawyer, though, was involved with intellectual property, and that led to most of my career in which I ran companies that were involved in publishing and and media and the like. But I had an interest, perhaps in almost an encore career, of wanting to give back. And, um, and, And actually, I came to CLC as an interim for six months, uh, interim executive director, and that was about six years ago. And w- what I uh, realized was uh, the critical importance um, that that education for young children play in our development as really uh, full uh, humans. And um, and I think uh, not to get on a soapbox. But I think it's really a critical issue for America, uh, the issue of a literate population and an ability to ultimately have a workforce that can compete in a global economy. And so um, I'm concerned that, uh, for instance, in, in America, in third grade reading proficiency, only one-third of our children are doing that. And so that, uh, that's troubling. And uh, as you indicated in your introduction, Catherine, 90% of the brain is developed by the time a child is five years old. <laughs> and um, uh, unlike some other uh, you know, Western countries, uh, we really don't um, put enough resources into zero to five 
Uh, why do you let me stop you there? Because why don't you? Uh, why do you think that is number one? Because I see. I mean, your statistics are that eighty-five uh, percent of the kids or the parent, the families you deal with are from low-income homes, and so these right. are the people we're talking about. You and you treat or you provide the needs for fifteen hundred children every year. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking yep. about a whole marginalized group of people who. Given what you and I just said, if all of most of your learning is done between ages one and five, they don't have a chance then. If they, if they don't get this, if they don't get the kinds of programs you're offering, then they've, what, only a third of our kids are, are getting th- that kind of interaction. Um, these kids really don't have much of a chance as they get older in terms of education, jobs, all of those things. Yeah, that's right. And so... Uh, um, uh, well, so CLC, uh, for instance, uh, we we work with almost a thousand kids a day, fifty-one weeks a year, ten hours a day. So, in fact, we spend more time with the children in our program than their parents do. And our mission, because we work with predominantly working class and lower income children, ninety-five percent of whom are minority, um, we work to what we call close the achievement gap and prepare them for kindergarten. And closing the achievement gap, you can literally measure in the number of words that a child from perhaps a um, an upper middle class family, um, a, a child hears versus uh, one of the children in our program. And, and it, it's hard to believe, but that's 31 million words by the time a child is five years old. Uh, and so, um, uh, the, I think historically in America, uh, people, uh, our programs were perceived as, as babysitting and as daycare. We actually changed the name of our program from child care learning centers to children's learning centers, emphasizing education. And so we have a rigorous program. We have a something called the Creative Curriculum. Um, We worked with Yale's Center for Emotional Intelligence to focus on actually what's the most important thing um, that we can do with young children, which is to get them socially socially and emotionally ready for kindergarten. And because actually learning to read is really quite simple, relatively speaking, if a child is socially, socially and emotionally ready for it. And, and that means being able to focus, being able to sit still, being able to take instructions. All of those things are precursors to learning how to read. So and, take us um, through the process, because like, I want to start with, okay, you know, you have preschoolers really from the very beginning. Uh, what do you do? Like, let's start with just, you know, an example. You have you have a group of kids who yeah. Well, How do you start? Right. So, so um, um, you know, our focus is predominantly three to five year olds, pre K children, and our teachers are certified. Um, they're trained. Uh, there, there's some amount of free play. There's some amount of reading time. Um, there's uh, um, there's some amount of uh, social engagement with each other. Uh, we actually assess the children based on 30 different skills in creative and cognitive and 
in, in physical and the like. We also actually do something uh, that, that um, people don't realize. We feed the children. We feed the children two meals and a snack a day, 80% of their nutritional requirements. It turns out in America, the wealthiest country in, on the planet, we have significant food insecurity. Even in, even in Fairfield County, where, where CLC is located, we, ha- we have eight centers, and we are the largest food provider for young children uh, in southwest Connecticut. Yeah, we so I'm looking at when I initially looked at this in your book, and I'm thinking, uh, when I knew I was going to interview, and I thought, Fairfield County, uh, you know, that doesn't see, you know, that's uh, upper middle class, upper class, uh, yeah, su- exactly. yeah, a suburb, and I was really surprised, I guess, at those statistics. Um, I want to have a question, though, like you're, you know, you just described the program. What happens when these kids go home? Is, is there something that you, what, what do you do with the parents? Like if you have middle class kids and, and upper middle class kids, they come home and then their, their parents continue, you know, even if they're in daycare or they have their nannies, but they're, then they're bringing them to activities and they're sort of, you know, right. augmenting. Yeah. So, but, and, and yeah. Th- yeah. Thank, thank you for that question because the perfect segue to, to in fact, uh, talk about play to learn and and this book that we published called Seasons. It's a little bit unusual for a nonprofit to be getting into the book publishing business, but as you indicated, that's part of my background. And so, what we wanted to do, and increasingly, by the way, in early childhood education, really in all of education, uh, in K through twelve, uh, we're learning that family engagement is really critical that we can do just so much. And uh, so what we observed um, about our, our parents and our families, and by the way, um, 95%, as I mentioned, are minority, 70% are immigrant. We, in our centers, we actually have 28 languages spoken from 48 different countries. And, and, and the thing that we realized are, uh, not unlike my grandparents who came to America for a better life, um, these these families are are doing the same thing, and and in some instances at great risk. And they're very well intentioned. Um, they're very hardworking, um, and and frankly, some aren't terribly educated. We're actually dealing with parents who are not only illiterate in in English; sometimes they're illiterate in in their native language, which often is Spanish. And so we observed that our parents were 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 very well intentioned but actually didn't have the skills or the tools to engage with their children uh, in a way that was age appropriate or helpful. And so we created this activity book called Play to Learn uh and it has 40 different activities. It's in English and Spanish. Um, and not only and 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 the activities are everything from making paper plate snowflakes uh, to um, uh, leaf designs, and we wanted to use items that were around the house, but that would get parents first of all would get parents or get the children off of screens, even young children, and we can talk about, a little bit about that. I'm very interested. In, in brain development, um, and, and we should talk about the impact of devices on brain development. But 
what we wanted to do was provide something that was very low technology that would engage parents with their children. We give them hints about what to talk about, about other subjects that might be related, all of which are to spur engagement and to spur uh and, and to spur sort of age-appropriate activities. Well, and I and, think the um, difference so, between what you're talking about and screens, for instance, which also have a can have a positive effect, but what you're doing is not, it's not just, I'm going to say academic or cognitive, but it's also emotional and physical. Because if you're doing those things with your with your kids, you're holding yep. them, touching them, especially at this age, putting them in your lap, um, in doing things that are connecting, not just on a, cognitive level so yeah. i just wanted to yeah add that well that that's true and actually i'll share with you some work that we're we're doing uh very much related to exactly what you said we, we have a pilot program with uh, columbia medical school called the nurture science program and it's it's fascinating because uh, i mentioned to you we had been working with yale center for emotional intelligence and and they have a program called Ruler, and um, and it's about the mood meter, and it's about getting children to recognize how they're feeling and to be able to articulate that. Now that work, which is wonderful, and it's embedded in our curriculum, and um, so it's terrific when a when a four year old can walk into our school and identify the fact that they're in the red, they're angry. Now that work is what we call cognitive brain-based but the work we're doing with columbia which is two generation so to your point it's it's built around coddling and it's a it's a parent typically a mother and the child um, the purpose of which is to um, get them to co-regulate and to emotionally connect so i'm sure you're you're hearing about and exposed to an epidemic of mental illness and behavioral problems in our schools, uh, and and it's it's an overwhelming challenge. And so, if we can get young children to co-regulate with their mothers, uh, then then their behavior shifts, their relationship strengthens, and it makes it way easier for our teachers then to be able to co-regulate with the children you, and relate can- to the children. Will you give us a specific example of co-regulating, or a couple of examples in terms of when these? Well, kids, so yeah. what, what, what's really interesting uh, uh, about this work is, unlike the work we did with Yale, which was cognitive-based, this work is actually what I call heart-based. It's based on the autonomic nervous system and the stomach. And so, what you will see, and we measure cortisol levels of the children and the, and, the, and the parents. And what you will see when they connect with each other. So you have a child that's a, a, out of control, and, and, and when we have this breakthrough, their behavior actually shifts, and they start to listen, they start to relate to each other, and, um, and, and there are physical changes in the, in the physiology, in the, in, the, in the body of both of them. Um, and it's and it's really quite powerful. Uh, it's really quite powerful, and so you can take a child who's really kind of running around out of control, and all of a sudden, um, they're much more willing and amenable to listening to instructions and to relating to not only their teachers but their their 
classmates. Um, well, so that that's that's exciting work that we're that, doing. Yeah, that sounds. And I, you know, you see this every day. Being in, I'm in New York City. Uh, I can be on the subway, public transportation, or and actually in the grocery store. And you see, parent, the kids get out of are out of control, and, and all they do is, is they hit them and and scream at them, yeah, and it right. just es- it escalates, as as you're saying, and it also can be. It carries through as they get older, and it becomes even more dangerous. So that's critical. That that that's at Columbia, the Columbia Medical School. That's where you're doing. Yeah, Columbia Medical. Yeah. So you're you're in, yep, right there in New York with you, um, and uh, uh, we're 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 excited about that work, and we think it, it can really really make a difference for our our children and our families. The um, you know the the other thing I mentioned to you was uh, about screens which is a real challenge. So one of the things, you know, we observed were our parents, uh, again, hardworking, uh, busy, uh, but, you know, they'll walk into, the, they'll walk into our school uh, with, with their child, holding the child's hand, but on a phone, not paying attention to them, not engaging with them. So we've actually made it, you know, a rule that you can't, you can't come into our school with your child if, you, if you're on a phone. And we certainly don't want you giving them that device to your child. And we would we would really recommend for for families who have children who are zero to three, no screen time at all. But for perhaps if you know grandma is is remote someplace and you want to FaceTime with grandma. But otherwise, really, devices for zero to three year olds are uh, off. Off limits. And uh, that's interesting. I want to. I want to stop you there because I'm listening, and and anyone who listens to my show knows this. I have three little grandchildren, two and th- set of twins who are two, and then another three year old, four year old now. But they do yeah. use some screen time. They have those, and I watch them. Um, very limited, as you're saying, but they right. have games on those screens that are I appear to be educational i mean if you obviously you do <laughs> right <laughs> they're not you're saying zero no don't do it for for zero to three-year-olds yeah we would say no for three to five-year-olds we would limit it to an hour a day so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of brain uh research that's going on um the you know the um, plasticity neuroplasticity boston, up in boston uh cincinnati um uh, there, there are some studies that are coming out about the effect of brain development. So, um, we're we're really interested in something called the deep reading brain, uh, and uh, the deep reading brain uh, as, as it develops in children. What's important about that? And and by the way, for your grandchildren, I would urge you the most important thing you could do with your child uh, or grandchild is first of all is talk to them and talk to them you know not in baby talk but but you know fully constructed <laughs> sentences and concepts they will absorb far more than you think they they are but the most important thing you could do is take a picture book and read to them there there's just nothing more stimulating than that in addition actually and we tell this to some of our parents who we know are are illiterate uh, so we say you don't need to actually know how to read. What you need to do is sit there with that book and make up a story. In fact, I would suggest to you, if you have a need to put a child in front of a 
television and show them videos, sit there with them, engage with them, talk to them. So what's happening, and, and here's where screens for very young children are dangerous. You know, the, the brain is made up, we, we use the expression gray matter. Well, the brain is also made up of white matter. And screens, actually, um, uh, they overstimulate, they create diffusion so that the white matter, which you're actually almost like connecting tubes between transmission to between the different parts of the gray matter of the brain, um, they don't develop properly and sufficiently um, uh, by, by too much engagement with screens. I use screens sometimes as an adjunct, and I just wanted to maybe interrupt you because, uh, for instance, as you're saying, like you're interacting, whether you're reading a book or how, you know, taking my grandson to the Museum of Natural History, and there's a lot to see, and he lasts there, you know, an hour, let's say. But then on the way home, he's asking me questions, and we can go to a screen and add to what we saw at the museum. You know, maybe he saw, you know, and I think that's helpful in in the context of, because I'm interacting with him, and I think. And it's also exactly, Catherine. Yeah. That's yeah. and that's the critical piece. Okay, so the critical piece is that you're there, that you're engaging with him, you're guiding, um, you're not leaving him to his own devices, so to speak, um, and and that's that's the difference. So, um, uh, but but what what we're concerned about is is if the brain isn't developing properly so the thing the thing about reading you know or you know with picture books is that children then develop relationships with the characters and then and the evolution of that is is actually the creation of empathy and without empathy we end up with right sociopaths so so uh, what's that's what's of concern in in children's brain not developing uh, sort of healthfully is that they actually don't develop empathy. Yeah, empathy, as you said, I think uh, in the beginning, your program is heart based. I like that. It's heart based. It's not just cognitive, but it's heart based. And developing empathy, especially in this culture right now, what's happening, I think empathy is critical. And um, we only have three minutes left, Mark. So what do oh, we wow. want to know? And give I know it went by quickly. And you're doing great work. I mean, it's really it's fascinating. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, really good stuff. So let's you know share more like web. I mean, we do have to use the web. <laughs> Go to the website yeah. where we can get more information about you and your work. Sure. And so, your if, book. If, if, yeah. if you're interested, it, specifically if you're interested in uh, seasons, our first in the series of Play to Learn, you can go to our website, which is clcfc.org, clcfc.org, and you can purchase it for twelve ninety five. Um, I, I'm going to get an address for you, Catherine, and send you a couple of copies so you can use it with your grandkids. And um, uh, and you know we really uh, appreciate uh, your support of our work. And and I can't I can't highlight enough. I mean, one of the great things that's happened in New York City has been universal pre-K. And um, uh, 
uh, I think ultimately that will yep. make a huge difference. That can really move the needle in in uh, in K through twelve education. Yeah, definitely in the right direction. That's great. Are you, I'll be yeah, great. I'd love to have the books. Thank you. Um, and so, thirty seconds. Well, thir- thirty thirty <laughs> seconds. Um, uh, read to your kids. Uh, there's probably nothing better that you can do um, with them. And uh, um, and I would say, uh, you know, continue to engage with them. And, um, uh, you know, well, that's, that's, um, that's, that's, uh, that's the whole that's picture. The yeah. Message. And, and, that, and yeah. And so if you need the specifics, go buy your book, Play to Learn. Seasons, and, and, and a new actually, the last thing I would say to you is when you hear a child say, I'm bored, which drive parents crazy, that's actually the great opportunity. That's when the imagination is stirred and that's when creativity can happen. Great. And so, Mark Jaffe, um, CEO. I've, I hate to cut you off, but they're cutting me off. Uh, Mark Jaffe is CEO, Children's Learning Centers of Fairfield County, and the book is Play to Learn Seasons, a new book to help parents learn how to play with their kids. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Mark. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. <laughs> 